Step three. Got it! Oh, how good is Steph Curry? On one, James. Oh, you LeBron drops the anvil. Marines go to the deep end. It's time for Under the Hood Basketball Pod with Jay Hood. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Heartside Realtors, LennyFile.com. That's where you go. And you're looking for someone who's going to go the extra mile, check out my guy, Lenny File, F-E-I-L, LennyFile.com, and check him out and tell him Jay Hood sent you. And by Manscaped, Manscaped.com. Use the promo code HOOD, H-O-O-D, that's my last name, and save 20%. It is the best in men's grooming on your face and uh, below your waist. It's all there for you for men's grooming. A great gift for someone or for yourself. Manscaped.com. Use a promo code HOOD and save 20%. So glad you're with us here as we talk about the Bulls, the NBA, and, of course, what's coming up, the tournament. Oh, man, it's going to be off the hook coming up uh, on Thursday. We'll get a chance to talk to Luke Yoklage, the head coach for the UIC Flames. We'll get his thoughts because he watches a ton of college basketball along with being a tremendous college basketball coach. So we'll get his thoughts on the Final Four and who he likes in the NCAA tournament. I'm going to give you three things that's on my mind regarding the NBA. Then we'll talk to Luke Yoklage, the head coach for the UIC Flames, about the NCAA tournament. Number one. The Bulls have won three of their last five games. As we record this, they're 31 and 36. They're in the 10th slot. The Pacers, the Wizards, the Raptors, they're all hanging around. They're all sniffing around to be in the play-in or in the playoffs. So we haven't talked yet about the Pat Bev effect. Pat Beverly, West Side Zone, Chicago Zone, part of this team. Let me just give you a couple of numbers that really stand out to me about Pat Beverly. Against Houston, last game that the Bulls played on Saturday. He had 16 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists. He was 4 for 5 from 3. Since he's been with the Bulls over the last 5 games, 6.2 points a game, 6.8 rebounds, and 5 assists. So here's the Pat Bev effect. He comes in and tries to get the locker room straight. Very few veterans do that today in the NBA. So many are passive-aggressive. Or they'll have a Maya Angelou quote on Instagram and just like a picture of the sky and try to talk about teams or talk about players or talk about teammates without really talking about them. Well, Pat Bev is that dude will talk to you face-to-face, eye-to-eye, and tell you what he thinks. And so that is actually needed on this Bulls team because the one thing I wondered, who's the leader of this team? Is it Zach Levine? Is it DeMar DeRozan? Is it Vucevic? Well, at this point in time, it's Pat Beverly. And I don't know how long Pat Bev is going to be here. I know he's glad to be back home in Chicago. But just think about the numbers that he he has. I mentioned over the last five games. Aside from the points, you know what stands out to me? The five assists, being able to help the team get better. Passing the basketball because his team's been bereft of a, a point guard for quite some time. There's no Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball's out for the rest of the season. Who knows? On this third surgery, what's he going to be like? When doctors say, I've never seen a knee like that, and he has to have a third surgery, it's very, very concerning. But don't get it twisted. Just because Lonzo Ball's on this team doesn't mean the Bulls you know, is, are, would be a much better team. If Lonzo's on the team, are they better than 31 and 36? Absolutely. But are they still as good as some of the top teams in the East? Probably not, because you still need more scoring. So I would just say hats off to Pat Bev and the Bulls so far winning three of the last five. It's just a weird team. Like, how is it that you beat Denver, but then you come down to the wire against Houston? 
it just it's just been so up and down. But again, I like the addition of Pat Beverly to this team. That's my number one because what it comes down to is for me, it is the passive aggressiveness of this team, the accountability of this team. And also what I look at is when you are just kind of going through the motions, as I've seen from the Bulls, you got to get better than that, even in the Eastern Conference. And so I think that Pat Bev brings that accountability and, and cuts through the BS in that locker room, which I'm very happy with. Should the Bulls be in the play-in? What's the future of the Bulls? What I would tell you is, is that the Bulls should be able to be good enough to get in the play-in. Now, what does that really mean, ultimately? Are you going to go through a buzzsaw? Will you take on Milwaukee again and get smashed? Probably so. But if you're going to be hanging around, if you're going to be around the ninth or 10th seed and get in the play-in and get a chance to participate in the postseason, there is something to that. There is value of getting to the postseason. You can either get into the postseason or unplug this thing and get rid of DeRozan and Levine and then Vucevic. I find it interesting when people say, oh, you should just tank. Oh, because you just know like the following year, you'll just be able to get lucky in the lottery and all of a sudden you find your way in a position to be at the top of the East. No, it doesn't work that way. Ask Detroit, ask Charlotte how easy it is to be able to have these high draft picks and never get to where you want to be. The Bulls need to be able to add on some some more shooting here. I know how this ends the regular season, but there needs to be more shooting on this team to be a serious contender in the Eastern Conference. Don't forget the Under the Hood merchandise as well. You need T-shirts, you need hoodies, you need mugs. You know what, Jay Moore, you have to remind me. I got to get you this Under the Hood merchandise. I have this. I have this stuff right here. I, I mean, I got to unload my garage. I got plenty of this stuff. <laughs> you can get it for free, uh, but you have to get online and check it out. The Under the Hood merchandise. It is on in my bio. Go to Tweet J Hood on Twitter or IG J Hood on Instagram, and you can click the link and you can get whatever you're looking for. The Under the Hood merchandise. Tell people this is the podcast I listen to for basketball. The Under the Hood basketball podcast. Number two, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, last time we spoke, Kyrie was a Brooklyn Net, and now he's with the Mavs. Kyrie Irving and Luka, let's talk about these two. So Kyrie Irving came out on Twitch and said the following. He says, I don't understand why people are coming at me, asking me questions about my time in Brooklyn or asking my time with KD or Jason Tatum or LeBron James, my relationship with Cleveland and Boston. Why are people asking me all these questions? You know, Kyrie Irving just took about an hour on Twitch to talk about the media and the fans and saying that people don't really know the real him. Well, here is my response to Kyrie Irving. And I know he couldn't care less what I have to say, but all I know is that he's a very talented ball player. So very talented. But I would say to him, Kyrie, if you don't like the spotlight, step out of it. Step out of it. If you don't like the spotlight, then step out of the spotlight. Leave the league. Making yourself the story makes it seem like, oh, well, why are people talking about me? Because you make yourself the story. That's why. You cannot be in entertainment or you cannot be in basketball and think that no one's going to cover you, especially when you are all over globe trotting around from city to city in this league. I mean, I, people thought, oh, with Brooklyn, for sure. You got Harden, you got Durant, you got Kyrie. This team could win a championship. And they didn't even play with one another long enough to be able to win a championship. But I just found it fascinating listening to some of the things that Kyrie said and going you know, deep into his mind. It's like, what are you talking about, man? You're forcing trades. 
You can't be in a city too long because you go to the, uh, from another place to another place to another place. And then you wonder, people do ask, how come you're not playing with KD? That was a great one-two punch. How come you're no longer with Boston? How come, what's up with you and LeBron? These questions occur because you cause these situations. These are life choices that you're making. And so people will ask, hey, Kyrie, what's up with this? You know, now you're with Dallas. And who knows if that's going to work with Luka Doncic. At some point, Kyrie Irving's got to look in the mirror. I just find it fascinating that he's asking questions of, why are people questioning me? You are a talented ball player when you're available. And I underline that. When you're available, you're a very talented basketball player. But here's the thing. The sun doesn't shine on your ass just because the sun comes up. I mean, it just the idea that people are, are, you think people are coming after you. No one's coming after you, Kyrie. They just are enjoying your basketball. It's the other stuff, the circus around you. That's the thing that's so weird. Look, he believes that he's the smartest guy in the room. God bless him. He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. But I would just tell Kyrie Irving, I mean, you're in a pretty good situation with the Mavericks. It's a team that's going to last for a little while in the NBA playoffs. But for him to just wake up on the wrong side of the bed and say, you know what? I don't want to be with the Mavericks anymore. I'm going to be with the Suns. I don't want to be with the Suns anymore. I'm going to be with, I don't know, I'll be with the Bulls. Or I'll just go to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Man, listen, being restless and going from city to city, it's not ring chasing. You're looking for the right opportunity. And you wonder why people question you. He's talented, but he's very unsettled and unsettling as a personality. Number three. I got some teams for you to watch in March, in, in, going into April, because we're getting close to the end of the regular season. The Sacramento Kings. That's going to be the next opponent for the Bulls. Can I just tell you why the Kings have been so good? Because they've been blessed with good health. The starters have missed, I read this from The Athletic, 55 of about 60 games. They, 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 I'm sorry, they played in 55 of the 60 games. So they've been available. They always say, what's the best ability? Availability. And one thing for Mike Brown, who I think should be coach of the year, think about how bad Sacramento's been for a long time. Remember when Sacramento was good? Chris Weber, Lai Divac, Jason Williams. Remember that team was good? They have been away from the playoffs. When I would be looking on the computer, I want to say 16 years. It's been a long time. And so Sacramento has been really good. We always knew that Mike Brown was a, a fantastic coach. But again, the health of Sacramento has helped them out in a big way. And so Sacramento headed in the right direction. That's a must watch between now and the end of the regular season. Let me give another one. So the Suns without KD. The Suns didn't need KD to be able to get themselves in the top spot in the West before it's all squared away. I think the Suns are going to be a good basketball team. The only thing with the Suns, it's predicated on the health of Chris Paul. Will Chris Paul be healthy at the right time? That's the only difference between the Suns winning the championship or winning the West and not. KD goes down, and boy, that was sad to see, right? He's, in the, he's warming up, and all of a sudden he just goes down like, a, like, a, <laughs> like an injured deer. He went down like, whoa, yeah. You know why? The man is an older gentleman. Now, he'll be healthy enough, I think, to, to play. But the last thing we saw out for two to three weeks, and then he'll be evaluated at that point. Man, I hope the best for Kevin Durant because here's a guy here that I think is a terrific ball player when healthy. But the Suns don't need him necessarily to be able to get over the hump. They're still a very talented team. We'll just see how that works. The Clippers. The Clippers are 22-13 and 13 when Paul George and uh, Kyrie or when um, Kawhi Leonard play. Clippers are 22-13 and 13 when, they, when they play. When they don't, 
14 and 20. Now, the Clippers have been waiting to be able to get over the hump at some point. And so 22 and 13, this is because Kawhi Leonard is available. We talk about availability and ability. When George and and, uh, Kawhi are out there, they're a a really solid one-two punch. Then the Clippers have some staying power in the playoffs. And lastly, the fourth team to watch, watch the Knicks. I know Knicks fans are always over the top. It's all year. It's all year. The Knicks go New York. Go New York. Go. Go New York. Okay. Well, let me just say this. Tom Thibodeau, not a surprise that this Knicks team is good with him at the helm. There's something to be said, though, about Julius Randle. Why is it that Julius Randle is, number one, the best scorer in the first quarter in the league? Why is it that Julius Randle is good for three quarters, but then in clutch time, somehow, some way, his numbers disappear? I don't know what the answer to that is. Like, Julius Randle, I never thought he's a go-to guy, but he is for three quarters. But then when he gets to the fourth quarter, especially five minutes left, I saw the analytics on this. It just goes into a dive. I don't know what's up with that, with, with uh, Julius Randle. It's a good team, though. And so when people talk about Tom Thibodeau, ah, he runs his players into the ground. Well, I mean, I think Randle uh, leads, is one of the top leaders in minutes played. And he's fine playing. He just kind of tuckers out at the end. But that Knicks team, keep your eyes on them. They're really good. I just saw them recently against the Lakers. It's a good team. And I think that team could win a playoff series this time around uh, in the upcoming NBA playoffs. That's my number three. The Under the Hood with John of the Hood basketball podcast continues here as we talk to the UIC Flames men's basketball coach Luke Yaklich. He's with us here on ESPN Chicago. Coach, as always, I appreciate it. Thanks for giving us some time. Hoodie, it's awesome to talk hoop with you. Uh, we're going to be playing uh, in a postseason uh, tournament a year from now. That's, uh, that's our plan and the vision. So hopefully we're talking about uh, you know, a different bracket, uh, one with the UIC Flames on it. But I, I'm, I'm excited to talk hoop with you, Hoodie, uh, today as, as, as I am uh, every day throughout the year. So I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. I look forward to not talking to you at all at this at this point in time of the season <laughs> regarding the other brackets, the other teams Amen. in the bracket. So, so we'll be talking about something else. Um, but I want to ask you, you, before we go into the brackets, I'll, you know, one of the things that uh, we talked about all season is the possibility of the Valley trying to have two teams. It was one team with Drake. They're going to make the dance here. They are the leader in our conference in the Missouri Valley. Do, do you believe that because of parity, the Missouri Valley – kind of cannibalize itself you know i think it's true of a lot of uh of leagues um mid-major leagues and the you know the idea of like you know multiple uh teams making the tournament is like that's that's what we want and and in order to do that a lot of things have to happen well but uh you know when you do have parity uh hoodie to to answer your question um you know indirectly it it does it does impact that um, because it's you know you're up against uh, up against it with 68 uh, teams uh, involved in the short list of at larges, and then obviously with with quadrant one wins and all of that stuff being involved uh, in, in this process, um, it uh, it's a good league uh, and uh, there is parity and and sometimes that uh, that doesn't work in your favor to get multiple multiple uh, teams in. 
Yeah, so the Mountain West got four, the West Coast got two, the American got two. And so maybe next year we'll be able to see a couple teams that represents our conference in Missouri Valley. I just want to get your quick thoughts on Drake's chances. Um, so the UIC Flames, for those that don't know, played Drake very close uh, yep. at, at, uh, at home. Not so much on the road, but we know what Drake can bring. What do you think their chances are in the tournament? Well, I think uh, the the pace of that game is it's really contrasting uh, styles. Um, for me, I think uh, you know Drake is in our league is more of a half court oriented league, um, and they you know Miami obviously is they they push it um, lots of guards. I, I know that they are not uh, entirely healthy, which obviously this time of year you want to be, and it it, it works in your favor. Um, you know, from from Drake's standpoint, but I think uh, from a defensive standpoint, uh, you know, I think Drake is going to they're going to have to defend uh, defend the entire court. And again, Miami plays a a, a pace that uh, is different than any Valley team um, for sure. So, uh, looking forward to it. I, I hope Darren and uh, and Tucker can can work their magic and uh, and pull that off. And certainly, in any case, you need a guy at this time of year that can go get you 20 to 25 points um, and make a late shot bucket uh, two or three times a game that uh, can spur your team or stop momentum from the other team. And uh, they have that, obviously, with the, with the player of the year in, uh, in Tucker. Coach, let's take a look at the number one seeds. Alabama with Brandon Miller shooting 41% from three. You've got uh, Houston, 29 regular season wins. The question about uh, Sasser, is he going to be healthy or not? Yeah. Kansas, the hope that uh, Coach Self will be good. Uh, you know, Norm Roberts is a solid coach, and so whatever Norm puts out there, this is coming from Coach Self. We'll see how that affects Kansas with Self returning. And then Purdue with Zach Eady, all of 7-4 and just the, the big fundamental in the painted area. So yeah. who, who is the number – who is the strongest number one seed to you? Well, I think, uh, I, I again, I the the efficiency standpoint, uh, you know, from in, in watching and spent a lot of time watching – Teams, I, I think Houston has one of the best uh, cultures, um, you know, in the country. Um, from a just, they they're able to be themselves uh, no matter what time of, time of the year it is. And uh, you know, for, for their standpoint, they're I, I, I just I love their toughness. They're, they're always going to find a way uh, that can win different ways. But the best the, the thing that they do really well that it's hard for defensive minded teams to slow down fast offensive teams, but Houston has unique ability to do that. Uh, and it, it's hard to do. Um, and, but that they do it and they do it well. So I, I think, you know, if they're healthy, um, I believe that, uh, you know, that they are more than capable of, uh, of getting, getting out and doing their, uh, doing their thing in the, uh, you know, from a, it, it, it advancing in the bracket. And I, I do think that from an efficiency standpoint, when you look at, uh, I study Alabama a lot, uh, you know, they are like, they're so good offensively, but you know, they have the, the third best uh, defense in the country. Um, and for, for this, uh, this particular uh, year, and then they have a top 20 offense. So I, I think that's like the balance there when you can be good, Offense and defense in, the, in in top twenty in the country. There, I think those those teams are few and far between, and they're able to win games um, 
multiple ways. Um, and they, they can outscore you some nights and, and they can grind one out. And that's like Houston's the same thing. They're fourth, I think fourth in the country defensively and they're 11th offensively. So like they can, they're, they're known as defense, but their, their offense is pretty darn good. Um, at the same time. And so I, I think those teams are, they're number one for a reason because they can, they can win games multiple ways and, uh, are able to, again, withstand a storm and, uh, like, I think Kansas is something like seventh in the in the country defensively, um, and they're like twenty, I think twenty ninth um, in the country offensively. So those teams all have a bunch of things in common. Um, but I, I do think like Houston, when you when you look at what they do, um, their balance of eleven and four, eleven offense, four defense. I think that they, if they're healthy, uh, that 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 matches up well with uh, with advancing deep. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about Shaka Smart and uh, Marquette. Big East yeah. champs beat, I mean, Marquette beat UConn, they beat Baylor, they beat Xavier, they beat Creighton. Wow, what a terrific season so far for Marquette. As a matter of fact, um, I uh, have Marquette to the Elite Eight on my bracket. What, what makes Marquette so good? What does Shaka do? Because you worked with him uh, at Texas, correct? Yes. So, you know, coaches, he's unbelievable uh, with, uh, you know, communicating his vision and, and staying true to, to like, his culture. Uh, you hear those guys talk um, after they won. You hear him talk, and it's it's the same talk that that we had um, in my year at Texas. Uh, so the, the phrase is everybody speaking the same language. Coach is big on, you know, with every culture in, in alignment. Um, and everybody is uh, – is aligned and speaking the same language, good things happen. And that's, you know, he's, he's done a, a, an unbelievable job uh, kind of revamping what he's done because he was always defensive minded and, you know, their offense is, you know, a top 10 in the country offense and he's got a top 50, uh, 50 defense, but they, they, they make up so much for their, their connectedness and how hard they play. I mean, that team is, when you watch them, they, they just, they're locked in towards what they want to do, and when you when you watch them play, it's only about winning. You know how you coaches are when it comes to the tournament time. We'll play anybody anywhere. I don't care oh, yeah. where it is. Okay, that's fine. But Northwestern's their draw is in Sacramento, and and we saw them up close and personal. The thing that impressed me about their victory against us was just their defense. I know that they could score, but Boo Booey yeah. averaging 17.2 points a game, Northwestern. Uh, so they have their matchup uh, against Boise State in Sacramento. Other side, Illinois will have their matchup against Arkansas. You know, uh, Shannon and Mayer, they're an elite combo, but Illinois yep. has just been so up and down, Coach. I don't know what to expect from Underwood's team. So what do you think locally about Northwestern Illinois and their matchups? Well, the two, uh, you know, the two uh, guys that uh, head coaches that I admire and, and have uh, sought out advice and uh, and are kind enough uh, to, to give it. Um, so I, I, you know, it's awesome that the state of Illinois has two um, two teams in the tournament there, and it's um, and it's it's a testament to again the the Big Ten and their their league, and then the toughness uh, that they've had, and as you said. Uh, but I, I said it after the broadcast uh, when we played them. I thought Northwestern was an NCAA tournament team in, on uh, on December twenty first, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I still feel uh, obviously that 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 came to fruition, and uh, a lot lot had had to happen. But as you mentioned, the defensive uh, 
improvements uh, that they've made and um, that that's allowed them to, to win games. And again, they, they lost the 42, 41 game. I think I remember watching it uh, 43, 42, maybe to Auburn. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're able to, uh, to win some games with their offense as well. Um, Although their defense is what they've hanged their hat on. And I think, uh, you know, Illinois had some injuries and, guys going in in and out of the lineup a little bit. Um, so it's probably disrupted a little bit of what, you know, continuity they would lo- you'd love to have, but it's never perfect um, as you go through the season. But I think they've, again, put themselves in a, in a position where, you know, I, I, they're confident, um, you know, and they have, you know, several uh, go-to players, I think, between Mayer and, and Shannon. Um, and, you know, they're just, they're able to, uh, be able to go get a bucket and uh, in a lot of different ways. And then you have the most versatile, one of the most versatile players in, in Hawkins that uh, that can do it a lot of different ways as well. So I, I think that between the three of those uh, players, they, they they will benefit from not being a, not playing another Big Ten team. You know, in the league play, it's so hard and you get so bogged down. Teams are so good scouting and they understand each other well, especially the second time around. That sometimes it's such a huge advantage to get outside of uh, of league play, and I think uh, Illinois Northwestern will both benefit. And obviously, state schools you want to see them do well. Coach, what uh, matchups do you have circled that you like in the first round? Anything that stands out? Uh, yeah, I think um, you know the uh, my, my son and I are just talking about it. Uh, you know, we we go back and forth, and I, I think the. Uh, I think Duke Oral Roberts um, is going to be a good game. Uh, I think the uh, Kentucky Providence mm-hmm. uh, will will be a uh, a good game. And then uh, on the uh, in the West bracket, uh, if I was looking, I think you, just what we mentioned, the Arkansas Illinois game mm. could be one that uh, you get up and down a little bit. And then uh, the winner of uh, I think the the TCU winner of Arizona State Nevada game could could be. Uh, be good as well and then i think totally like a, a 7-10 game the N- northwestern boise state that's that's going to be a uh, a really really good game uh, i i believe uh hoodie and then uh in the midwest uh the texas a&m penn state game i think uh is is very good and, and kent state versus indiana um it's got some uh that's got some good flavor to it and then the iowa uh auburn uh, game as well in the eight nine. I think all those those games are ones that in preparing for our talk today. That those are ones that I looked at, and uh, from a coaching standpoint, you know, looking at just from a X's and O's and and schematic wise, I think there's uh, there's some interesting contrast of styles, but at the same time, just some good uh, X's and O stuff uh, that'll be that'll be going on, especially when teams have you know three to four days to prepare um, for for certain teams. So it'll be fun. Uh, as it always is. Coach, you and I are men of integrity, so you're supposed to have just one sheet of integrity. One sheet, not yeah. five or six laying around the office. One. Yep. Okay, so I have one sheet. And I, yep. I took some bold swings because what I've realized in this college basketball, and we've seen this for a while, but I think this year as well, I think that there's some, some parity to the point where I like Furman over Virginia. Furman has not been to the tournament since... Uh, since Jimmy Carter was in office, that's <laughs> so, a long time. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's a that's a long time. I I like Furman and upset. I like that one. 
I also like ten, uh, Louisiana over Tennessee in, in a tight game because what I'm looking at is the injury situation. How deep are you yeah. as a team in this spot? If you're losing or if one of your guys is injured, can someone step up and be able to fill the bill? And so I look at Tennessee as a number of teams where there's an injury situation where you don't know if the guy's 100%. Uh, yeah. You mentioned Providence. I like Providence again over Kentucky. I just think that's two excellent coaches that are going to go after it. That's going to be outstanding. Yeah, it is. It's such such a great, uh, it just such, such a, a great sporting event. Uh, but it's it, it's said a thousand times by different people and uh, every year. But it, it's it, it's what makes uh, college basketball uh, so special. And you know, for me, I just uh, the rooting standpoint, uh, just like uh, some guys that uh, you know, former players that coach. But I, I'm I'm rooting really hard for uh, you know for Coach Smart and Marquette. Uh, to uh to go deep into the tournament uh he worked so hard and he's such a good coach and uh a good person that uh i i'm i'm really uh really rooting for them uh to, to hopefully get to the final four and get his second final four uh, uh of his career hmm. so can you reveal your final four to us well obviously yeah marquette uh i like marquette um then uh like uh arizona mm-hmm. and then uh the Midwest, uh, Texas, a mm-hmm. uh, couple players there still. And then uh, in the West, um, who did I have in the West here? Oh, uh, Gonzaga. Gonzaga. How about that? Yep. So, so finally they're going to uh, knock it down, or at least they'll get to the Final Four. Hey, listen, uh, as I said, this Strother, uh, who's averaging 15.3 points a game, Drew Timmy, yep. I mean, when will you knock it down? This is to become the Buffalo Bills of college basketball. I mean, let's go. Let's go, brother. <laughs> it's a great problem to have, buddy. It's a great problem <laughs> uh, to be in that position all the time. So uh, it's uh, it's fun and exciting. How crazy is this, Jay Moore? He, he has, uh, Coach Yaklich has three of the four of my teams. I got Arizona, Duke. Really? I got Arizona, Duke, Texas, and UCLA. Too many road trips and bus trips and, and flights together, Hoodie. It's like osmosis. It's just coming uh, it, 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 it's, it's coming together too fast. You like you like Marquette. Like I have, like I said, I have Marquette against Duke. I just yeah. think that Duke will have a little bit too much uh, and probably end it for Marquette. But I think they're going to have a good run. So that's pretty good. Yeah, well, I, you got to go with your heart sometimes, and, uh, and relationships matter. So uh, I'm, I'm, uh, again, got to root for my former uh, former boss and. Uh, and, uh, and and hoping that uh, that they go deep. Lastly, Coach, um, how's the off season for you? Again, this the Valley experience was interesting. I think for all of us, um, when I, when we hear Missouri Valley, I heard this from pundits like the Missouri Valley's down. When I hear down, I mean I think that means parity. That means anybody can beat anyone any time. So that's I think that's what that meant. But so, what's the off season like for you now moving forward? Uh, the off season now, you know, got. Uh, uh, player meetings um, and just kind of setting the tone. We take two weeks off. Um, guys, I'll have spring break next week, hoodie, and then uh, we come back and we'll have good five five weeks of uh, of on the court training along with uh, with lifting. Um, and obviously, that's a a huge area of concern of uh, you know and development is just uh, our physicality. So we got to have a great off season in the weight room. We got to look differently when we look at, uh, when we get out on the court next year from a just from a physical standpoint, but just from a mentality, uh, attacking and, and being physical uh, on both offense and defense. So that's a, that'll be a major you know, area of concern. And then finishing, uh, finishing up academically strong with our guys, 
uh, and then be in a position to uh, just have a good five weeks of skill development um, where it's, you know, you don't do a lot of team team stuff at all. Um, you're just, it's focused on, on individual work with our guys and it, it's exciting. Looking forward to it. Guys have been in the gym working on their own already. And, um, you know, that's, that's the, the life of it. And then, uh, you know, obviously recruiting, um, as well and uh, putting together the pieces of, uh, for our roster next year and really benefiting from a year in the Valley and understanding as a staff and as a program, like, okay, this is what it, it's going to take from a work standpoint, skill standpoint from the players, what they need to do to get better. And then on top of that, you know, from a coaching staff, okay, this is how, how schematically what we need to do differently. And then from a recruiting standpoint, what we need to um to add to our team in order to compete for a championship next year. So lots, uh, lots to that question. Um, Hoodie, but you gotta, you know, try to keep it as simple as possible in the spring and, and really just focus on individual improvement uh, and then a strong finish academically. Coach, as always, I appreciate your time and uh, enjoy the tournament. Yeah, Hoodie, it's great. And like I said, uh, we hope to be taking a, 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 a charter somewhere uh, a year from now where we're uh, we're playing. A, and as you said before, okay, we'll play anywhere anywhere as long as it's in the NCAA tournament, baby. So yeah. we're going. <laughs> Coach, thank you. Yep. Have a good one, Hoodie. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. Great stuff. We thank you for checking out the podcast right here. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast. Again, we're brought to you by LennyFile.com as well as Manscaped.com. Use the promo code HOOD and save 20%. Good to hear from Luke Yockledge as we talked about the NCAA tournament with him. The executive producer of the Another Hood Basketball Podcast is Jay Moore. All right, we'll talk to you next time with another edition of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast with me, Jay Hood. Thanks for listening.